Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. So the last time these two teams played, the Bills scored, let's see, 36 points. The time before that, in the regular season, they scored 38 points. The over-under right now at Vegas is 54 points. Needless to say, everybody thinks these offenses are going to score a lot of points. But can the Bills win a track meet? That's the question. Sal, do the Bills have what it takes right now to win a track meet? Not only do I think they have what it takes, I think they might prefer it. And I don't mean that they want to give up points. Of course, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I think a lot of times people, you know, and fans and most teams, this is probably correct, by the way, that the way to stop the Chiefs is maybe slowing down the game, right? And not allowing Patrick Mahomes to be on offense. And I understand that. I mean, if most teams would want to do that. I don't care about that. If I'm the bills, I want to score because I can score. I want to go down the field. I think the bills don't care about getting in a track meet. I think they welcome it because that means that they're part of the track meet. That means they're mm-hmm. one of the teams on the field that's scoring and moving the ball down the field, which is what they're going to do best. And by the way, the weather in Kansas city this weekend looks perfect. Yep. This bills offense in perfect conditions is almost unstoppable. I know they haven't had, think about the games this year where they've had controlled conditions, the Rams lights out the Titans unreal. And then last week against the Steelers, it was windy and it didn't matter. They still scored 38 points. The two times they've struggled were in a really rainy day in Baltimore and like the hottest day ever in Miami. So I think the bills have what it takes. I think they're really coming into their own as far as spreading the ball around. The thing that concerns me a bit is their lack of even a a threat of the run, but it's not something that like concerns me to the point that I don't think they can win the game. It's just like the chiefs are going to know they're going to pass every single play and they're good enough that they can probably get away with it. I'm interested to see how Shakir is involved because it seems like we're trending in the direction that Isaiah McKenzie is going to play. And I'm also interested in how they use Dawson Knox because, because Dawson Knox was so big for them in the game that they won in Kansas city last year. He had an unbelievable deep catch for a touchdown right at the end of the first half that really put the bills ahead. Then at the beginning of the second half, he had another great catch where he jumped up and high pointed the ball right over a defender. I think it's time for Dawson Knox to start getting utilized more than he has been. I think it's just kind of the way that it's went. Like, I don't think he's doing anything wrong, but I think it's time to unleash Dawson Knox here. 
And he actually, he had a really good game last year, the regular season, remember against um, Kansas City. I have to go back and look at the playoff game, but I remember the first drive, he caught a big pass down the field. And then Josh had that big scramble, goes to the outside, launches it to Dawson, who's running free. Um, I I think there's opportunity here for Dawson Knox to have a big game. The Bills are going to be getting a lot healthier. They're going to be getting some of these guys back. Um, You talked about a lack of threat in the running game. Like, I don't know if they necessarily care about that. If they can just drive the ball down the field like they did last year with Gabe Davis. And now, of course, like you said, adding Shakir to the mix. But I do know that Josh Jacobs looked really good running the ball on Monday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. So mm-hmm. they'd love to be able to do that. There's no doubt about that. Maybe this is a game where we've said it a few times. Maybe James Cook gets more involved. Mm-hmm. got to find some way, I think, though, to be able to run the ball outside of Josh Allen. I don't think it has to be by volume necessarily. It doesn't have to be great. You don't have to be the best team at it, but you're right, Matt. I think it's some way you have to at least show the other team. Hey, if you're going to do this to us, you're going to kind of force us and force our hand to keep everything underneath and give us some space to run. We can actually counter punch that and we can do it. I think you have to be concerned about Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Like, I think those are two playmaking defensive linemen who can explode everything. Chris Jones was obviously in the spotlight a lot this week because of that nonsense, roughing the passer penalty. And then Frank Clark left the game with an illness, but it seems like he's going to be okay to play this weekend. So those are two game wreckers. Go ahead. Can I, can I, yeah, let me just uh, get in on this. Interesting. We talked with Josh Klingler, the chief sideline reporter, and I didn't realize this, I guess he told us this has been an ongoing problem for a couple of years now with um, Frank Clark, that he has had some sort of illness he gets nauseous. He's missed games. He's come out of games like he did last week and they don't have a handle on it. And you just never know when it's going to come up. And it's, yeah, you, know, you hope the guy's okay. Right. I mean, that's the thing. You hope the guy's okay because that just sounds weird, but I guess this is an ongoing issue that's been, that they've been having. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I don't know. Another one that we got to keep an eye on is Harrison Butker. Yeah. But I think he's going to be good to go. Like I saw he was practicing. Practicing. So, he slipped in week one in Arizona. He slipped on the turf and hurt himself, his plant foot, and he has not played since. And now he's practicing this week. And they are getting Trent McDuffie, their first round pick, back on the practice field after being on IR. We don't know if he's gonna play. Yeah. The book on the the book on the Chiefs secondary now is they're talented, they're fast, they're athletic. But Matt, they put them on islands and they're not afraid to be a little bit risky with them. I think that's even super more super risky against the bills. Well, I think Devonte Adams went over the top a couple that's times right. against them the other night. And I am not comparing Gabe Davis to Devonte Adams, but Gabe Davis bread and butter. And what we saw the bills do against the Steelers was they were not afraid to take those shots down the field. So go ahead. If you're going to be, you really can't double them both. You can't bracket them both every time. So you can't be overly, if you're thinking about, okay, we're going to stop Stefan Diggs, then Gabe Davis is going to have some favorable matchups. If you're going to try and stop Gabe Davis, then Stefan Diggs is going to have some favorable matchups. I also think they trust Khalil Shakir now. I, I really 100%. do. When you said that him. maybe this is James Cook, an opportunity for him. I don't know if I would agree because I don't know if they trust him yet. Right. I don't know if they're in this stage they're not naive enough to realize that this isn't a bigger stage than a normal Sunday, one o'clock game in orchard park. This is a bigger game. All the eyes in the country are going to be on this game. And I don't think they're going to roll with James cook yet. Maybe they are, maybe they're trying to hide him. Like, you know, Tasker was talking about in the off season, maybe eventually they're going to unleash him. I, I don't know if now is the time. Cause I think that they can get by without him quite frankly. 
Let's um, I don't know. Is there anything else on the offense you want to talk about? By the way, I like that point a lot. I don't know if you're right. I don't know if they trust trust cook yet either. I just keep thinking about ways that I think they want to kind of get the running game jump started a little bit outside of Josh Allen. Although I'll be the first to tell you, I think that, you know, Devin Singletary, you know, he's had a couple productive weeks here. He just haven't had, hasn't had the ball a lot, but he's actually been pretty efficient. Uh, Gabe Davis, by the way, leads the NFL with, I think it's 28 yards a catch. I mean, I know a 98 yarder and, you know, Mm -hmm. in all the big ones last week, but Matt, it's incredible. Like he leads the NFL and every year he's near the top of the league in yards per catch. He is, he does have enough to qualify as far as, you know, catches are concerned, but it's pretty remarkable. Every time you look up, Gabe Davis is making a a big catch somewhere. Actually, before we get on to questions, can we just spend some time talking about Josh Allen for a second? AFC offensive player of the week. Yeah, we can. I mean, Matt, it's, it's really, truly amazing watching this guy and knowing that he's what's here's how I want to say it. He's ours, Buffalo. Like he's yours. He's here. Mm-hmm. And you get to keep them. And that's so cool because we haven't had many of those kinds of players in Buffalo sports. Sure. We've had some Dominic Hasek, Joe Pearl on the uh, hockey side of things, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith on the football side and a few others here and there, but this kid's special and the game he put together last week, Matt, he could have thrown for 600 yards. He really could have. I really think that the two best players in the NFL are Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And you can rate them one, two, however you want. And I think that's one of the reasons that makes this game so fun. That's one of the reasons that makes this rivalry so fun for years and years to come. Josh Allen is unbelievable. The things that he can do on a football field are unlike anything we have ever seen, not just in Buffalo around the league. Mahomes is like that too. So yeah, I think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are in a crash course for a lot of memorable games over the course of their careers. I think there's going to be times when the bills get the better of the chiefs. And I think there's going to be times that the chiefs get the better of the bills. The one thing that I do want to say is there is so much hype for this game and rightfully so. And we did talk about the odds of the difference. Remember it's still week six. Just remember that regardless of what happens, if the bills win, if the bills lose last year, everybody was flying high after the bills beat the chiefs on that Sunday night football game. You know what happened the next week? They went and they dropped the ball in in Tennessee and then went into the bye week four and two. Yeah. So if they lose this game, guess what? They'll still go into the bye week four and two this year, and they'll still have an unbelievable chance at going to the super bowl and maybe even having home field all the way through the playoffs. So just remember that whether it's good or it's bad, there is still a lot of football left to be played. Yeah. I will make the prediction. This is not bold that whoever wins this game does host the AFC championship game. But as we saw last year, you just rightfully pointed out just because you win this game does not guarantee anything. The bills won it last year and they certainly were not the number one seed. In fact, they were the number three seed in the AFC and the chiefs weren't even the number one seed. The Tennessee Titans were, and they wound up losing to the Cincinnati Bengals in the first round. I can't believe it's just when you say it that way, the bills were the three seed last year. Right. It's just crazy. Like going into that. Yeah. I, I still, it's somebody told me today, I was actually out to dinner with my brother-in-law for his birthday. So happy birthday, Greg. He was telling me he has like PTSD almost from the game last year from against the chiefs. Like he heard, it was a very specific thing. So we were, you know, there, but he said he heard the the call for Nance calling out Gabe Davis, 98 yard touchdown. And it made him think of the touchdown at the end of the game. And he was like, I, 
when I heard it, I just almost like crumbled. And then he asked me, and it was a really funny observation. I don't know the building, but you know that big like art gallery train station looking building in Kansas City that's always lit up? And they yes. show it's like the Niagara Falls yes. of Kansas City where they show it on every broadcast. Yes. He's like, I'm already picturing this weekend. I'm going to be watching the game and they're <laughs> going to show that picture. And then I'm just going to think of the every all these games that they've lost over the years. But yeah, it'll uh, Sunday is going to be pretty amazing. I'm excited. All right. Let's get to some questions, Matt, as you always do. Tweet it out. Yeah. A request for questions. Yes. And, uh, we got a few here coming aboard on uh, Twitter. Yeah, there's a lot. This is from Chris. He goes, without Tyreek Hill, does the Bills' defensive strategy change at all? Sal, what do you think? No, I think that it's it's keep everything in front of you. Don't get beat over the top. Patrick Mahomes can, you know, find players. I don't think it's about Tyreek Hill. I think it's about Patrick Mahomes. I think it's about this offense. So to me, they don't change their defensive strategy. The only thing that could change is maybe how much we see Taron Johnson on Travis Kelsey. But I think that's a natural change within the Bills' defense and how they want to play, not necessarily in correspondence to not having Tyreek Hill. All right, this one is from Zach, and I just talked about it a little bit ago, but I'll expand further. Do you guys think Knox has a breakout game this week if he suits up for the game? I know he played a big part in their game last year. I do, because I do think that Davis and Diggs will garner a lot of attention. I think Gabe Davis will get more attention than he normally will because the last time he was on that field, he scored four touchdowns and set an NFL record, and I think everybody knows who Stephon Diggs is. So I think with those two making so many potential problems for the chiefs defense, there will be some opportunities for Dawson Knox for Isaiah McKenzie and for Khalil Shakir. But of the three guys we just said, they trust Dawson Knox the most. So that's why I think Dawson Knox is going to have a lot of catches in this game. I think he's going to have a really nice day. And I think it's a good, it would be a good thing for the bills offense. If he could kind of start to trend in the right direction as they head into the bye week I think Dawson Knox could have a nice day. What about you? Yeah, I think he can too. Um, I am really interested in how they continue to use him. He signed that big extension and he hasn't been super productive in the offense, but I think a lot of that is they want to keep guys in. If teams, teams have blitzed the bills a little bit this year, a couple of teams early on, you want to have more, a little bit more max protection. Um, we'll see where that goes. I got one from Anthony here. It says, and there's a specific reason I'm reading this question is the bill shout song, the best in stadium song you've heard in the league, any other team songs compare. So Anthony, I guess so. Probably it's a cool song. There are some other songs, but the reason why I want to answer this question is just for an excuse to say the Miami dolphins have one and it's stupid and I hate it. And they stole it from the Houston Oilers. The Houston Oilers used to have a song that went Houston Oilers, Houston Oilers, Houston Oilers. Number one. Well, the dolphins now song goes Miami dolphins, Miami dolphins, Miami dolphins. Number one, they stole it from the Houston Oilers. So that's the worst song in the league. I would say the shout song's the best. I have never experienced it live because in 2018 I was not there, but I've heard the skull chant in Minnesota is really cool. I would like to see that live. Now that's a chant. They they do have chants like J E T S. They have chants everywhere. Does that does that not the same distinction? Is I don't think it is. I think different? a song is a song. It's a song. I really like Renegade. At Heinz, well, whatever oh, it is, yeah. whatever, whatever it is, I, what is, I don't even in Pittsburgh, Scoria, yeah, sure. at Heinz field, at Heinz field. I really like, I really like renegade. I like that. I like that. That's really good. Yeah. I'm sure they have a few others in the league uh, for sure. But the, the one I, that comes to mind is the one in Miami and I'm sick of it and you stole it. So it shouldn't count. All right. This is from Mark and 
we're going to speculate a little bit here, but he asks okay. if there's any truth to the rumors that Odell Beckham Jr. was at the Buffalo airport today. And I would like to make something very clear. If Odell Beckham Jr. was flying into Buffalo for a visit with the Bills, he would not be flying commercial and landing in the Buffalo Niagara International Airport and walking by the Tim Hortons in the food court and going out to his rental car. I mean, that's not how they do it for guys like that. So no, he was not at the Buffalo Niagara International Airport today. I can say that with a lot of confidence. Okay. I don't know. Mark always tweets us. Thanks, Mark. Is Mark just saying it to be kind of funny, or was there actually a rumor that this was true today? Or this oh, no. Thing? There was, like, a lot. Like, this morning, it was oh all over God. social media. It was that. I'm glad I didn't see that. I didn't so, even look. So I deleted a tweet because I didn't know how it would be received. I didn't know if people would understand the joke, but after all of the rumors were out there that he was in Buffalo, I was going to tweet that I saw him at Wilson farms and he said he was going to Ames later. So I was going to a couple places that just don't exist anymore. And just to see if people caught on, but I was like, yeah, people might not know. And I don't want it to like start circulating or something. Big stop at the, at, at twin fair and then the Hills department store, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. Going to go to, going to go to Jubilee or something, maybe swing over to <laughs> fantasy. Fantasy Island. Oh, wait a minute. Is it Fantasy Island still there? It yeah. Is. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's under new ownership, but okay. it's not like fully open yet. No. Okay. I got you. Um, all right. Let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, I like this from Edley. Edley. Nice name. If the Bills win, does it matter outside of seating? And I think what he means is, okay, we know what it means in the conference standings, but mm-hmm. like, does it mean anything tangibly or intangibly? And I think it does. I Look, I understand that you still have that hurdle of the playoffs. But I think any time that you can give confidence to a team to go there, to go to Kansas City, go to Arrowhead, this team that you haven't been able to get over to beat them, I think it goes a long way in the locker room. I think it goes a long way to the messaging. I think it also can go a long way in actually getting over 13 seconds that just happened inside that stadium 10 months ago. And I think the timeline of it is even more to your point that they're going into a bye week. You really want to be going into a bye week with a win and not a loss. And if you're going into a bye week with a win against this team, you're going to feel like you're on top of the world for the rest of the season, honestly, until you lose again. But I think going in with that mindset of like, we're the best team in football. And until somebody proves us otherwise, we truly believe that. I think that could make the Bills even more dangerous. They've liked to be the hunter for a while now, but I think they've really started to embrace the role as the top dog, as the favorite. And now they have a different swagger about them. I think that's a little bit of the Von Miller effect too. I think Von Miller probably exudes this confidence that maybe they've had, but not to this level. And he's just like, yeah, like we're super talented. We think we can win every single game and we're okay with that. When we go and we play our best football, we can beat anybody. And I think it kind of starts from the top and there's guys like him that make him that much more important. All right. Unless there's anything, any of these questions that you really need to get to, I have one final one for you specifically. Uh, Go ahead. That's fine. Okay. Let's wrap it up with this. We can, we can ask, well, you'll ask yours and then I'll ask you one and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Matt Bove. Yes. How excited are you for the Sabres opener on Thursday night? I'm very excited. I'm very, did somebody ask that question? Or you no, just asking? I'm asking. You. Okay, that's okay. me to you, pal. From two Buffalo guys, two yeah. Sabres fans. I'm going. I'm taking Max. We're going to be there. The whole family. We're going down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't know if you're going as a fan or if to cover it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, I'm sure that you know you'll be there in some capacity. But yep. How um how excited are you for this hockey season essentially and for the Sabres opening up, man? I, I'm excited for the trajectory the organization is on. I'm excited yeah. for the core of players that they've started to build around. 
I don't think they're ready to take the next step yet, mm. but I think they're close. And when I say they're not ready to take the next step, I don't think the Sabres are going to be a playoff team, but I really do firmly believe that this team is going to be playing games that matter in March and in early April. I don't think they're going to be out of it until the end of the season. I think there's a lot of factors that could make them sneak their way in like goaltending is a big one. If this team gets good goaltending, they're absolutely, I think going to be contending for one of those spots. I don't think they're ever going to, they're not a contender. That would be just ridiculous. But if they get good goaltending and if their rookies play like they're capable of playing, this team could really surprise a lot of people. I think it's going to be a fun brand of hockey. I really like the way that Don Granado has coached these guys up. He understands that like, you, you can't play boring hockey if you're not going to win more games than you're going to lose. Like if you're going to lose just as many games as you win, you better be playing a fun brand of hockey and exciting brand of hockey. So they're fun. And I know a lot of people went to games last year and they were surprised at how much they enjoyed going yes. to games, even mm-hmm. though there was 10,000 empty seats at the game. I think this year they're going to start to suck people back a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, you know, they're not selling out every night or anything even close to that, but I think there's going to be a better energy and a better atmosphere at the arena. And I think a lot of nights, if you go, you're going to be rewarded with some good hockey. I, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. I, I think mm-hmm. they've got a chance to really take a big step in where this organization is trying to go. Give me a point total. What do you think? 87, 87 okay. is my point. Do total. you know, do you know what the FanDuel um, over under is? Or maybe maybe all sports books, but I know that's the one that we talk about and endorse, and I use. Yeah, um, I don't, but I would guess it's high seventies. Yeah, grab some cash and go bet on it, Matt, because it's seventy eight and a half. Seventy eight and a half. Yeah, I mean, like to me, I don't know how they don't almost crush that. So I'll be playing that. I, I just think it's. It just seems weird to me that it's so low. I don't think they're getting the nearly the respect they deserve outside of Buffalo. I think we, it does remind me a lot of the bills going into 2019, which uh-huh. is they were way better. I knew they were way better. Like I knew they were going to be good. They had a reset year that what you could see them building with the culture and the people they were bringing in. I'm like, they're going to be pretty good. They're going to contend for the playoffs. And of course they did. They want to making it that year. It reminds me a bit of that from a perspective of, I don't think a lot of people really understand what they have going here. So, and I will say this, I'm not defending this, but we're recording this on Wednesday and Matias Samuelson earlier today signed a massive seven year extension. And I have some friends around the league in different positions and in different roles who messaged me and they were like, what the heck is this deal? Like this guy's played 50 something games and he's getting a seven year extension. And I was very skeptical, but then you go into the press conference with Don Granado and either he's the most convincing man in the world, or he's just saying things that make a lot of sense. And he was saying that so many times players are given contracts because of past production. And while that is still important, it's even more important to understand the projection of the player and where they are heading. So I think the Sabres are taking shots on their own guys. And is it a lot of money? Yes. Is it risky? Yes. But I think they're willing to take the risks because they think the reward will outweigh the potential risk involved. Like, I don't think anybody is saying, oh, Matias Samuelson isn't going to be a really good NHL defenseman for years to come. They're saying, oh, this guy's getting $4 million. When in reality, he might only be worth two and a half million dollars. But I think there's a chance he's way outplays that contract within the next couple of years. And then Kevin Adams is going to look like a really smart man. Same thing almost with Tage Thompson. This is what we're starting to see. They're starting to believe in the guys that they have. And quite frankly, for a long time, 
they didn't think that way. That's right. So that's why I think that this team with a little bit of luck with some improved play, I think they've got the right guy in place with Granado. I trust Kevin Adams, at least up to this point. I think they might be pretty good. It's going to be fun to watch them this year. I agree with that. You had one for me before we get out of here. Yeah. What's your favorite Casey barbecue place? Because a lot of people have asked this in the comments. So I feel like for anybody who's going this weekend, for anybody who's going to Kansas city next year, we should probably share our opinions. I there, I don't want to necessarily say, Oh, it's the only one or the, my favorite one, because I like them all. Like I've been to Q 39 mm-hmm. Joe's barbecue, but I believe we're going to Jack stack. Some people here on Saturday night. I love Jack stack. You're going I, to Jack stack. Are you going to? I made a reservation too. Cause I didn't know what everybody else was doing. What time's your yeah. reservation for? Uh, I think five 30, no six, five 30, their time, six 30, our time. Okay. I think mine was for like eight 30. So late. Oh, okay. We had to go earlier because it was, yeah. There, like there was a window you couldn't go. Yeah. So it's the radio crew. I think Murph is going to be there and you know, a bunch of us. So maybe we'll run into each other anyway, because we'll yeah, just, for sure. you know, Hey, I'll be watching college football and you know, you'll be there, but that's my pick. Jack stack's a good one. I am excited this weekend. I think we're going to try and go to Joe's for lunch. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the, but we're going to try and go to the one in Kansas. So you got to leave Missouri, go to Kansas. Wow. I don't think it's like super far, but apparently okay. that's the original one. So I would like to try it. I really liked Jack stack Q 39. I've went twice. I went once when they were in the AFC championship. And then last year when they were in the divisional round and it was much better the first time I went compared to the second time. So mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I've also been to one other one and I forgot what it was, but Jack stack was really good last year. So I was, I was impressed with that place. Yeah. It, I love, I love Kansas city barbecue. All right. We have gone way too long. We are, uh, uh, we appreciate everybody listening. It's never what? too long. It's never too long. It's long. <laughs> never too long. Well, we appreciate everybody who's come aboard and listened today and in the future as well. And you could do that by downloading and subscribing, I should say, to our podcast here. It's always game day in Buffalo. All right, Matt, I'll see you back at the practice field. And then, of course, we'll be talking with everybody after the Bills take on the Chiefs and roll into the bye week.